of all Champions League goalkeepers I've seen, and Carrius included, what about the fella in the goal for Villarreal? Carrius included is the worst thing any Liverpool <laughs> fan can say. That's the harshest. Well, Carrius was hopeless, wasn't he? OTB AM, live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. You should be the host here. I'm really loving it, Jeff. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Hello and welcome along. This is episode 32 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. I'm Alan Quinlan, and with me as always is Neve Briggs. How are you, Neve? You must be happy. Tottenham look like they're going, champ- going to the Champions League. Arsenal have messed up. Good week yeah. for Spurs. Brilliant, brilliant in our hands now. Surely um, you think we get a point at least off Norwich, but as a Tottenham fan, I've learned to, to never have any expectations or assumptions because you'd always get let out. <laughs> yeah, well, he cost us the league probably. If, if City oh, uh, beat on Sunday, you shouldn't. That draw uh, the week before. But anyway, um, listen, uh, Munster had no game, obviously, this weekend, just on the podcast this week. And uh, I put out a tweet yesterday just... Uh, Looking ahead to the Leinster game, which is probably a must. It is a must-win game, I think, for for um, for Munster, given how tight it is in the league. I think one point separates second and fifth, um, so it's 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 a must-win game for Munster. Obviously, they had no game at the weekend. Um, Leinster played to lose. Johnny Sexton said Munster softened them up a little bit. I'm not sure Munster would have been able to get out last Saturday and get a performance given how physical that Toulouse game was the week before because there has been a bit of a fallout and we'll talk about it with some injuries, Dialinde, Zebo, O'Mahony. Um, but uh, you have some tweets. There was a fair reaction again. And as always, we want to try and get people involved and, and get their comments read out and get the fans' point of view. Yeah, so you had asked um, the fans the no game to look back at, but certainly a big one coming up. What did Munster need to do to get much need to win against Leinster? Um, Christopher Murphy, handling accuracy. Leinster didn't give Toulouse too many chances to use their monster scrum to get penalties, and more importantly, to slow the game down. Munster have to manage to hang on to the ball a bit more than usual. Mark Keane, Carberry and Healy need to leave last week behind them and put it down as experience, go into this match with confidence. Only way for them to improve is to make and learn from their mistakes, which, look, we spoke about last week in terms of not comparing it to the Raj incident because Keely Carberry, very different players to Raj, but like also having um, an understanding that, you know, they can bounce back. I think, Kuni, we spoke about before, with, you know, about that week being a really good break for them after that Toulouse game. I think had it been this weekend and coming straight into the Leinster game, and that would have been a really tough ask for them. But I think the fact they got a few days off to decompress and, um, you know, I think that's definitely good for them. Would you think? Probably. I think they would have been bruised and battered and having to go again. Um, Europe was obviously, even if they got to the semi-final, it was always going to be a big, big task to try and win the thing and go on and win a semi-final and then go to Marseille and win a final just with the depth chart. And we saw what uh, Leinster were able to produce on Saturday against Toulouse. Toulouse were really poor, I thought. Leinster made them look poor, but the fatigue issue probably played played a factor as well. And the time in play, Leinster yeah. were fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure Munster, of course, they would have been up for a big derby match, a big semi-final. It would have been a phenomenal occasion. 
at the Aviva, uh, brought back memories of some of the great kind of European games over the years. Um, not so great for me in Croke Park. I, yeah. I want to forget that one forever and ever, but I can't. But um, yeah, it would have been tough. It would have been tough. Um, but having a, a break, probably taking a little bit of kudos from, and a bit of heart, and we spoke about it last week, connecting with the fans again, the whole occasion probably would give a lot of those players hope and a little taste of what, what Europe is like and great days in Europe and, and having a desire and want to try and have more of those days going forward for them. So um, it would have been tough, but let's hope they're well rested. There is a few injuries, but hopefully they're in good spirits and good shape for this week. Yeah. Uh, Jared Hawk, um, we'll be playing their reserves, so we better win or we'll never hear the end of it. Derek Grimes also incredibly astute. Those reserves are just as good, Jer, which is just a- just just on that um just on that point, Neve, and I was thinking about this during the week and one of my mates said it to me. And it is very relevant. Um if Munster were not to win here against we, what we think will be a second string Leinster team, which is still very strong, that would be kind of couple of steps forward and a couple of steps backwards really wouldn't it it'd be it'd be there'd be a lot of criticism there'd be a lot of tough analysis on that situation so there's a fair bit of pressure here um of course playing Leinster's second string is and we saw what happened in Thoman Park at the start of April how strong Leinster were in Thoman Park they were exceptional and they dominated that game particularly the second half it was quite tight in the first half so that's the pressure this week you know you they it's a must, must, must win game for Munster. Yeah, hugely. Um, and I think that, I think though that Munster would be better for those last few weeks. I think it's very difficult to speak about that Leinster game in comparison to where Munster are now. I think over the last six, eight weeks, they've really grown in terms of on the pitch, how they've played and off the pitch with the fans. So, um, yeah, you'd like to think that Munster will be better again than what they were in Thoman Park. Um, Pat McDade, a very good valid point. A little bit of a no-win game for Munster this weekend. Leinster have no incentive to win this game with first place secured and sandwiched between the main focus of Champions Cup. Munster just, really just, should... Just on that, no incentive to win the game. I don't agree with that. Mm, these, yeah, I know. A lot of these Leinster players will think um, and... You know, they've they've had so much dominance in this fixture, in the league fixture. They've won the last seven. Um, massive incentive to beat your, your rivals. Um, so I don't agree with the no incentive. I know, I, but he also was like, we should win this one handily. And if they do, they won't get the credit first. I think it's going to be a lot of than what people think. Just because it's not the main Leinster frontliners, I think what's coming right behind it is just as good. So uh, it's, it's a tricky situation. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think they're as good. They're not as good as the, the Irish team, effectively. 13 of those Leinster guys are kind of starting or they're thereabouts with Ireland. So I don't think it's as good. They're very, very promising. And we talk about what they did in South Africa on the, on the tour with with that perceived second string team um, to get two losing bonus points and guarantee themselves top place and not being able to cut. So they're not as good. Uh, they're not far off with Quinny Genie. No, they, it's well, not even that they're not as good. I think it's just that they're so much on the same page as right. in terms of their team play. Whereas I feel like Munster, their lack of strength and depth at times, not really about the player um, themselves as an individual. I just think that there's a disconnect between those that start every week for Munster and play than 
you know, in terms of understanding the game and where the space is and what they're trying to do to the next the next crowd down. So, um, Gavin Murphy comes in every week. Well, Again. I don't know if it's Gavin, but somebody comes in every week with Oli Yeager, right? I worry about our scrums, even against Leinster's second 15. Oli Yeager can't arrive soon enough. Does he know something that we don't know? Is there talk? He, uh, he thinks, I, he obviously thinks he knows something, Um uh, I don't know. I, I'm hearing. I'm not hearing any anything concrete about that. As I said on one of the previous podcasts, um, I think all the Irish provinces would be pretty interested in getting an Irish qualified player back to Ireland. He's done really well with the Crusaders, uh, but I'm not hearing anything about that. He, uh, I wonder if he, he injured. He hasn't stay. been involved with Crusaders the last couple of weeks at their weekend. I, I don't know to be honest, but yeah. Sorry. Kat Turnell comes out with Munster need to start Casey to give Munster that fastball that they play so well with build phases rather than kick for territory keep their discipline I agree with Kieran's answer to this would normally agree but Murray was phenomenal before he came off against Toulouse ironically we lost control of the game when he came off and I, I do think that that's a, um, a, a big thing and Kieran tweets us again and this, we'll speak about this later on in terms of what Munster need to do, but for me, he's very much um, kind of on the same wavelength. Have to find a way to slow down their ruck ball, which is absolutely key. Like Over 58% of their, their ruck speed against Toulouse was zero to two seconds, which is well, just you, phenomenal. You, you said it, that, um, and I think that is probably the key, and we'll tactically talk about that in, in, mm. in a bit. Um, they have a template the way they want to play. I think executing it, and obviously when you're doing that, um, like we saw last Saturday, with uh, so much cohesion, so much togetherness, and so much intelligence, um, just about the the lines are running, the passing, the accuracy, all that kind of stuff, which was very, very apparent against the loose. Obviously, the players below train to try and play like that as well. So I think it is really, really key for Munster. Um, Leinster will want to play, whatever team they put out will want to play with pace, tempo, and mm holding on to the ball for long periods. So it is key that, that Munster kind of try and slow them down with the breakdown. Completely, yeah. And, that's the, and as Kieran said, that's the platform to do what they do best. And with them likely resting players doing what that, they will have a huge impact on who controls the game. If we control the tempo, start Murray, we have a strong choice. Jamie O'Toole, a tie five that would slow down, roll in to rock speed and a tie five that can offer themselves up an attack. That would be the absolute dream. Uh, David Hines, Dave Hines, sorry, have to stop Lencer's quick ball in our 22, counter up and fight for every ball. Don't let them bully us like the, t- the last time. Nobody buddies. This comes back um, quite a bit, doesn't it? The, the body buddies. It, it does a bit, yeah. Um, Stephen Lanigan, and we've, we, we'll speak about this as well later on, but why isn't Kenyon Knox getting game time? Surely worth the goal considering Ryan will be gone next year. I think we'll just finish up on that one just in relation to... Well, I, I have one that I'm going to finish with on the tweet. Okay. Uh, from Glenn Williams. You're playing a second string Leinster. If you can't beat them, well, you deserve what you get this season. So that's going to lead us on to the next kind of segment that I want to, I want to talk about. And, and that's really... Just looking back at Monsters League campaign this year. Okay, and there's, a, there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, COVID stuff pre-Christmas was really difficult. And you mentioned there that, and I think everybody that's listening will know Munster have played a lot better in recent weeks because they've had a fair bit of consistency in selection. And 
the more you play together, the better you get. No matter what level you're at, you improve. Um, you don't get everything perfect. And we've seen kind of probably the last four or five weeks that Munster have been a lot better. So cohesion was an issue pre-Christmas. Probably the standout fixture, we, and, and we've mentioned a lot, is the Scarlets game away. That was given lots of hope. It was a disaster of a day regarding R.G. Snyman and his injury uh, from the kickoff. And I, I, I often wonder and think, particularly this time of year in kind of knockout stages and big games, how good would it be to have R.G. Snyman? But that game was a brilliant performance, but a terrible day because of, of R.G. Snyman's injury. But um, Munster have lost six league games, okay? So we're not going to go in-depth in all these league games. But being the devil's advocate here, if Munster were to lose on Saturday, that would be seven league games. It's hard to kind of justify an argument to say you deserve to win the league then and you should be in contention to win the league when you lose seven league games out of 18. I know it's very competitive and Leinster have, Leinster have lost five, okay? And, and looking at the Leinster five that they've lost, um, all of those games that they've lost have been their second string. With some internationals now, to be fair, the Leinster-Ulster game, the first one they lost in November in Dublin, you know, Tyg Furlong was playing... Um, there was uh, a few more of the internationals. Robbie Henshaw played. They were coming back and being reintroduced into Leinster for for probably the very early doors. But for Munster, and the games that stick out to me, and I remember watching it, uh, was the Ospreys game. That was the Munster's first loss in October after a very, very bright start. I think the week before, we saw some deficiencies in the Connacht game in Thoman Park. They won 2018. Um, it was not their best performance and Connacht really rattled them that night and before there was a break then for November Internationals they went to the Ospreys and they lost 18-10 and that, that one kind of sticks out to me so I'll just read out the ones they lost Ospreys beat Munster 18-10 in October then Munster's second loss was the first of the first 22 that was in uh, that was the first of January away to to Connacht um, then in February they lost to Glasgow away I wouldn't have a major issue with that it was a very strong Glasgow side they lost 13-11 and Munster actually did a lot of good stuff that night and then the two in South Africa I think the Lions one was left behind um, the Bulls they were chasing the game I think they were down a big score at half time they ended up coming back 29-24 against the Bulls and that was a great losing bonus point considering but I think the Lions game they lost 23-21 in South Africa, where I think we're in complete control in that first half. Gave away a try, a soft try before half time, and then ended up losing by two points. I think, and I always think of this as a player, you kind of, you can look back at certain games and certain moments um, throughout the season that kind of cost you a situation. It may not be the case. So if Munster finish winning against Leinster, finish second, well, these games don't really matter. Yeah. But, Go right back to that Ospreys one, and that was one that kind of stands out for me. Yeah, look, I think you've made loads of interesting points there, and I'm going to do my usual and completely disagree with you. I'm way joking. Um, I I kind of disagree with you in terms of, um, you know, we just spoke about how amazing Leinster play and how good they are. Yet, you know, if they if we win next weekend, they'll have lost five or six games and, and been top of the table. 
flip that around. If we don't win this, then, you know, we've only lost seven. So we're talking about how amazing one team is and we've only lost two more games than them. No, I, I think, think my, po- my point here, Nevis, is um, I think, and I, I make it, a lot, of the, a lot of the games, and I made the point, the Leinster game that they lost, um, they've lost five games and Munster have lost six. But I just think Munster don't have any more wriggle room. They've got to win this game. No, we I know what you're saying. We said, we said a few weeks in Belfast that they had to beat Ulster. And in fairness, they went there and did this. I'm pretty confident they can go to the Aviva and win on Saturday. But I'm just thinking, from an, and maybe it's been a bit too negative. If you look back, I just thought that Ospreys game, it just sticks out in my mind that that was a game they should have won that night. If you remember, Stephen Archer got a try or he was penalised for a mall try for blocking, going in behind, lifting. And look, you can pick out little moments throughout the whole season. Um, the other ones there, you can't be overcritical. I think the Connacht one was the one in... in, in, in okay, in Con- Connacht was really, really poor, right? So what Ospreys and Connacht about... were the two. Yeah, okay. So for, if I remember correctly, that Ospreys game, they went with... Um, and this was my thing. Like, there's lots of these games, lots of the games that they actually won. And here's my, here's my kind of theory in terms of lot, lot games that they, they actually lost bar probably the Leinster game in Thoma Park recently that this this was coming off the back of a change a big change in the team selection um, and therefore we spoke earlier on about um, the strength and depth in the squad not, not, not in terms of people's playing abilities but in terms of understanding the, the systems and the patterns that they want to play that for me has been a huge issue so if I remember correctly, that Ospreys game, all the frontline players that had won pre- played the previous week against Connacht in Thorn Park were given that weekend off before they went into international duty. Um, I not, thought, not all of them. Tyburn played. Um, uh, I thought Damien Yeah, Dialinde, but he only had to come on back. I thought he Damien Dialinde should have started that night. Yeah, but I'm just saying they were only coming back from injury, if I remember correctly. And some okay. of them only playing their first games. Absolutely. The, 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 the Connacht game, okay, we've spoken about that at length, how poor that was, and 100%. You're right about Glasgow. But then we look at the South African, the South African legs. They were two. Um, yeah, you're 100% right in relation to that Lions game. Obviously, a big score up. We should have nailed that out. But if you go and look at the trend of how the Lions, when the teams that are playing over in South Africa, most teams are kind of there, thereabouts for the 50, 60 minutes. And then, obviously, altitude, heat, and that kind of stuff. So, Munster completely wilted. It looked like they were in quicksand for that second half. Um, so... Maybe that's the positive side of me, but I can see. I I actually don't think. I think if if they were to lose against Leinster and lose seven games, or whatever, I think that the actual nature of how this season has gone for them, like it's been a really weird season for everybody coming back off COVID, crowds coming back in, things kind of you know games being postponed and stuff. I just think it's just been an exceptionally weird season. And um, I don't think we take that into account enough. And yeah, seven games, that'll be a tough loss. And if they do lose this weekend, it'll be difficult. But they're still into that knockout stage. And look, while they won't get home draws, they're still in there. And we can we know exactly what Munster are like when it's a one-off game, like those extra games. I know there were two legs, but like, as in that kind of knockout stages. I just don't think... I just... So I don't think as pessimistically as you. I don't want to be negative here, but I'm just looking back to analyse them and the same way they'll analyse them and look back at certain games. And I just thought the Ospreys ones, the South African trip was always going to be difficult. And there's lots of reasons there, but I just thought the Ospreys one was one day were in complete control of and Connacht. They're the two that stick out. Um, uh, the Lions game in South Africa. So I just think 
with more depth looking forward, hopefully to next year and, and players improving, that these are the type of games that they have a ruthless, relentless yeah. edge that they can go and win. Um, it's very difficult on the road. They've only lost one game at home this season, and that's to, that was to Leinster, an incredible uh, performance by Leinster that night. So the rest of them are on the road. They're away from home. It's hard to win away from home. And we see how competitive it is. The South African teams, the surge they're after making in, in yeah. recent weeks with their internationals back. Aside from the fact that Munster need to win the points on Saturday, okay, to get four or five points to secure a top two place, which would then give them a home quarter final if they win that, a home semi final. And then I think it'll be, you know, at home, Munster in a quarter final or home in a semi final, they're in a great you position. Back yeah, you back, you back them. Pumper, yeah. Um, and then possibly, you know, going to the Aviva to a final. I think it's their best chance. So there's a lot on the line. But aside from the points to secure a home quarter final and possibly a semi, they need to stop the rot of league defeats against Leinster. One of the tweeters obviously made the point there that, oh, you win and you won't get the credit for it. But I just think from a league point of view, uh, from a rivalry point of view, um, and we saw last year, Munster won 27-3 in the, the Rainbow Cup. And... It was very, very quiet. There wasn't a lot said. There was no criticism of Leinster because, you know, they were fighting on European level and already in a perfect position for, for playoffs in the Pro 14, um, in the URC, I should say. Um, but Leinster have won the last seven league games in a row and Munster have not won a league fixture since 2018 in that, that game, 26-17, Munster won. Sorry for highlighting this, but these are just the facts and the reality. No, you're right. You're right about the rock. Regarding the rivalry, um, and this, even though this is, all those Leinster players that go out on Saturday will really, really want to win. The club will want to win, but I want to beat Munster again. But this is a perfect scenario to 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 kind of stop that that run of defeats. Where is the rivalry for you? Um, somebody keeps going on about the buddy-buddy scenario. Yeah, that drives me insane. I can only speak from my opinion when I played. The rivalry, I feel, was a lot um, spikier. And I wouldn't say nasty, but there was, it, was, it was very, very edgy. They do, it does seem to be a little bit calmer. Um, I just Leinster, think that's just... Le, Le, Leinster don't care because they're getting the results. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a case that it's calmer. I think it's just the fact that it's the evolution of where the game is going now. It's not like kind of gone away from getting into each other's faces and um, and that kind of hostile environment. I think the fans bring that that to the to the party. I, I just don't think it's a huge amount of on-the-pitch stuff anymore. I think, um, I think you're 100% right, though, in terms of how important this could be in terms for for Munster in terms, you know, stopping that rotting and getting a, a victory in, and, and in the league. Niamh, just and, stop, stop stopping the rot is is, is is probably very very severe in saying that. But it's but also m- the mentality. Maybe, maybe building on what they've done in the last number of weeks. I'm just nervous, um, and I and I hate saying I'm just nervous that all the really good work that we've seen in the last number of weeks, the bit of hope. Um, that the fans have got and make the possibility, the new coaches, all that kind of stuff, and maybe a little bit of optimism for next year. I'm just worried that um, if we don't win, that that kind of is damaged a little bit. And the it players would... just, the players have worked incredibly hard. Yeah, know I wouldn't... where they're at um, as regards ability and where they need to improve. And and But I just think um, it's, it's a game that uh, there's a lot of pressure. And given the rivalry and all that, 
there's a fair bit of pressure on this monster team to go out and perform now this week. Yeah, look, and to be fair, it would be likely to be worrying. Um, but um, I think that's, I think you're, you're kind of right. Look, I think the big thing for me is not really fo- about focusing on Leinster and the rivalry and this. I think for Munster, for them in order to get a performance and a result, they need to concentrate on how well they've played in a lot of patches in the game over the last eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever, since that kind of post-Six Nations window. I think that that's really, really important. I think the ability to back up the intensity, the ability to front load their work, the ability to get off the line, the ability to make big tackles, the ability to move the ball, back up what they did really well against Toulouse and bring that. Then we see a more consistent monster. And I think if we get that, then you get you get rewarded at the end with, with either a real good performance or a win. I, I think the that Leinster Munster rivalry, in my mind, mind's eye at the moment, I think the, the biggest rivalry with Munster at the moment when I when I go to games seems to be against Connacht for some reason in terms of that niggle. I do think that there's probably an awareness of where Leinster are at their peak and where Munster are. Does that dissipate the, the rivalry a small bit? We look at Liverpool and United. There doesn't seem it's, to be. It's huge. not the same. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the same, same because yeah. Leinster, uh, Liverpool are gone ahead and there's an expectation that. Yeah they're not going to run them close. Um, again, sport changes very quickly and that's probably the expectation from the terraces really and the Leinster fans. They don't expect Munster to, to beat them and they are, uh, they are Leinster, Ulster, Munster, Connacht are probably more evenly matched where the games are always going to be way tighter. Yeah, Leinster put out their full strength team and they're that bit stronger. Of course, you always have to have a belief um, that you can beat them and Ulster have rattled them a few times in the last couple of seasons. Um, probably should have won the European game there a couple of years ago. Um, was it the quarterfinal in the Aviva where Jacob Stockdale dropped yeah. the ball going over the line? But they've ran him close. So Can I just ask you a question? Yeah. We talk about the rivalry now, but say back in your like your day, this is almost like a European week for you, isn't it, Munster, in terms it is, of the yeah. training? It's, it's yeah. a different game and people have often asked about that and uh, what's different? You know, it, the emotion is different and... Um, I think you go in on Monday morning, it's just a different week. You have a different sort of adrenaline rush. Um, it's the same for Europe. They're just, they're, there's an excitement and an energy about it. And the Leinster games are the same. Ulster and Connacht, with respect, are not the same. Uh, but the Leinster game is. And I'm sure the Leinster players, and a lot of the, the ex-Leinster players that I would have played against spoke about that. It was probably not the most enjoyable week because um, you had that extra tension and a real fear of, of losing to your biggest rivals. And there was a real rivalry there. That rivalry has changed a little bit and, and um, it's not the same. Um, I just think that it's still always, the, it's the biggest game for me. And it's one of the biggest club games in world rugby. When everybody's playing, when all the internationals are yeah. playing. Um, and I think it, it, it has changed a little bit. I think it is a little bit calmer. But um, what kind of a template... Do Leinster have to, a monster have to bring to beat Leinster? So we're assuming it's going to be, and I just think about the emotion. Devon Toner is retiring and and finishing up. Um, you know, Jordan Larmer could be coming back. There's a Sean Cronin's leaving, Len, finishing. There's a few players retiring. Um, I just think there'll be a real kind of emotional side to Leinster as well, and all these young players, given the credit they got in South Africa a couple of weeks ago. What, what, what do Munster have to do um, to win on Saturday? What kind of a template do they have to adopt? 
Yeah, and you've made a really good point there. I probably didn't really think about it in terms of that motion for those Leinster players that are more than likely going to be playing this weekend. And probably because a frustration for some guys who are not on the that you, that big, Cup Yeah, team. because when you look at, you know, qualifying, they're going to have qualifying, semi-final, final at home. So, you know, but, and, but this is genuinely probably the, you know, the last time a lot of these guys are going to get to an opportunity to play Munster. Jack, so Jack, that Dunn, has, is, Jack Dunn is leaving as well. He's yeah. going to Exeter. Um so there's 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 a fair bit of motivation in there as well for them. From their point of view, I think from Munster's point of view, they're going to have to, in terms of that, that defensive structure that we speak about all the time. They, I thought they did really really well against Toulouse at certain times, but they've got to understand that how Leinster played, the blueprint in which they play off of, is all these really tight passes, tight connections, similar to how Ireland played. To be fair, so it's you know you've got to make sure that in that moment of space between one defender and the next, we, we don't give them a huge amount of it. But as you come up, we come up together because if you look at their potted forwards that are coming off nine, they're all really exceptionally good ball players. If you give a load of, you know, come up with a huge amount of line speed, they have the ability to move to push it out the back. Um, and then the next phase then is where that they have those, like that's where they exploit those spaces. What, 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 what do, what ability do Munster have for Saturday, given Lose, what we've Quinny. seen the last week. So where, where should they go after Munster? Is it the obvi- too obvious to say up front to try and, um, you know, take them on up front and, and be really physical? I think if you look at the Rainbow Cup game last year, Munster were very physical and, and dominant around the collision areas. Is that probably the most obvious area that they, because they were brilliant in that area as well against Toulouse, forcing turnovers, putting pressure on their breakdown? Yeah, 100%. And, and that's it. So the biggest key in terms of stopping Leinster is that breakdown, yeah, slowing that rough ball down, getting into that passing channel, not even allowing them to, to, to probably get come back on the inside or, or get to an edge. And it's always kind of being unaware that they don't, you know, they don't really want it, like they want to try and run it from, from everywhere. From a Munster point of view, 100%. Like that energy that they brought, I thought they were so good from a, a pack perspective against Toulouse, that ability to shut um, Toulouse down, the ability to get the ball to the ground, which is huge, the ability to kind of leave a hand in their, their set piece was, um, the lineup was quite good. I, I still worry about our scrum, to be honest, but if the likes of Furlong and um, Porter, Kelleher aren't going to play, then, you know, you're definitely going to, that could definitely be an opportunity for, for Munster to have a crack. I think, that back row were exceptional over the last few weeks. Do we go the same back row given Gavin Coombs' back training this week? You know what I mean? I, I would, to be honest. I thought that those those three, and I know Manny's injured, so who comes in there? Hodnett's still injured, so you know what I mean? So I think Munster have got to try, and in terms of stopping the, the Leinster attack, is it's definitely trying to slow that ball down, that, that breakdown. And But also from a Munster point of view and how they look after themselves, they've got to continue to to keep evolving where they've come from the last few weeks. I thought they're, they're looking to move the point of contact all the time. They're looking to run angles. They're looking to get the ball to the edge as quickly as possible. Um, and they're looking to exploit that space when you come off an edge in that, you know, pillar AB or whatever they want to use, that tight defence. That is where you can can, can find weaknesses. And, and a big thing is, is that try and get to phases. So you bring Leinster to eight, nine, 10 phases, 11 phases, things start to break down because as a team, you often only practice maybe going for three or four or five phases in a team run. Whereas Munster can hold on to the ball um, and 
put an answer through a number of phases in that scoring zone. I still think Munster will need to kick and kick well, but um, but it's fascinating. I, 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 I do genuinely think that Munster can win this weekend. Just on selection, um, Peter O'Mahony looks like he's out. It's not confirmed. Damien Dialende has been confirmed to be out and Simon Zebo is gone. Um, how much of a loss are, are the three of those guys are, and can they be replaced? So we think Rory Scannell will come in for Damien Dialende. Um, who plays in the wing? Um, yeah, I think... I think is, uh, Andrew Conway could be back. Gavin Coombs could back. So they could supplement... O'Mahony yeah. and Zebo gone, but I also think Shane Daly's been having a really good season as well. Like Dialinde is a big loss, doesn't he? Because he, uh, he was yeah. so, he's so physical. I also thought though against Toulouse that we caught up a few opportunities with, from him with uh, kicking the ball away a little bit. So, um, but yeah, he's so physical. He's he, I think he's just come into a huge you know vein of form he's, because he's got a you know. A, Games consistently over the last few months, we've just got to see the real Damon Delende. Um, to be fair, and but Scannell looks Scannell's a, a very astute, intelligent player. Or do they bring in Chris Farrell to twelve and bring someone like out of the blue, like Liam Coombs, who played really well in that A game uh, two weeks ago? Um, do they bring him into thirteen? So, um, yeah, I, I do think. Coombs coming back in could definitely help that. Um, Conway obviously is back training now. It's second week back training, third week. So yeah, you'd like to see that. Like, I would like to see someone like Kenya Knox been involved um, at some form or other. Um, I, I do think you know we got to see himself and Roman Salano are. are- well, Salno's injured. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, for next year, they've got to step up, whether it's yeah. towards the end of this season, that both of those guys have got to, have got to step up. Just on selections, and, and we're, nearly, we're nearly ready to wrap. Um, you mentioned Kendall, and, and we spoke about him, Thomas Ahern. Um, would you start Thomas Ahern if he has a big run in the next couple of weeks? Um, is he possibility for, for New Zealand? Tour, I think Ross Maloney, obviously for Leinster, yeah. he's been the big winner. I think in the last couple of weeks, and he's been exceptional. I think he should go, but um, Kendellan is a great chance of going. And if he backs up some of the performance we've seen in weeks gone by, he's a good chance. Uh, someone like Joey Carberry probably has shown a lot of good form, uh, but needs to kind of back it up again and have a big game at the weekend and control the tempo. One of our tweeters was talking about Murray. And, and Craig Casey. So um, would you make any big selection calls here? Would you try and, uh, would you play Jean Klein in the second row with, with um, um, who plays with him? Josh, which, uh, which was really, yeah. really good as well. I, so. I would go as close as to what was with Toulouse in terms of they've had a week's break. They play this weekend. They have another uh, week's break. Two weeks, I think, two, another week. Which is um, helpful given if they want to have a league run of a quarterfinal, semi-final, yeah. final possibly. So I would go, I would go as, as, as strong as you can almost, yeah. Okay, well that's uh, just for, for anybody who hasn't been looking at the league and we're talking about how important this game is, Leinster on 62 and can't be caught. So they're guaranteed a home quarterfinal if they win that home semi, home final because it's on in the Aviva. Yeah. Munster and... 56 points in second, Sharks 56 in third, Stormers 56 in fourth, Ulster 55 in fifth, Bulls 53 in sixth, and then you've got Glasgow seventh, Edinburgh eighth, both on 50 points. They play each other. So um, Scarlets are in ninth, they can't, they're on 44 points. So we know the top eight now. We know who's going yeah. to be in those quarterfinals. It just depends where they're at. 
um, very, very easily. Um, and just to go through the fixtures, obviously, Leinster play Munster. Ulster play Sharks. So, and I'm, I'm kind of picking winners in these, these last games. And I think Ulster beat Sharks. So that puts Ulster on 59 or 60 points, possibly, if they get the bonus point win. Um, so that puts them right up there. Um, I'm thinking Scarlets could beat Stormers in Wales, even though there's no, they can't qualify. Um, I'm not sure. Stormers will be strong, obviously, but I just think given it's on in Wales, Edinburgh, Glasgow, I think Edinburgh will win that one. And Ospreys, Bulls, I think the Bulls will win an Ospreys. So, I know we've reinforced the point so many times about it being a must win, but Munster, if they don't win this game, are dropping down potentially to fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, and that's, that makes it very difficult. Fifth or sixth uh, could possibly be sending them to South Africa. Yeah. Um, which is would be an absolute disaster being away in a quarterfinal in South Africa. Not saying they can't win it, but having to, to head off yeah. to play the quarterfinals there would be terrible uh, for, for them. But look, um, it's a tough game. Um, Leinster, their second string, or maybe, uh, do you know what? I keep saying second string and it's probably a bit unfair. Some of the, the bench that's, that were, were involved in Toulouse could be involved. Um, there'll be players with lots of motivation on different sides, people trying to put their hands up for contracts, for selection um, going forward. So it's, it should be a cracker. But if we're calling it, we're probably both picking Munster, are we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Well, we're, hopefully we're not giving... Are a, you picking Munster? Yes, yes. I'm not, I hope we're not giving really? any... any um, any motivation to the Leinster players. But look, that's it for episode 32. And we'll review the match, obviously, next week. Uh, to make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone, just search for the Red 78 and, and press subscribe. Don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts um, on all things Monster throughout the week. And we'll be sure to, to read them out next week in the podcast. So you can tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or search the Rugby Channel on YouTube and leave a comment. Um, or else tweet us personally if you want. Uh, so fingers crossed. Uh, it's a big weekend of sport. Uh, big game on Saturday night. Leinster Munster at the Aviva. Big soccer day on Sunday. So maybe Liverpool w- will be celebrating. It's unlikely because uh, I think City will beat Villa anyway. But it's a big weekend. Stevie so G, Stevie G could come back you know, and help you. You never know. You never know. Yeah. So look, thanks a million again, Neve, and uh, we look forward to the weekend. Thanks, Billy. The Monster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.